Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast, Episode 10. I was the primary income earner of our family at that time. So having the comfy corporate job that made over six figures a year, all the great benefits. And now I'm coming to him saying, I'm going to give that up and do like the biggest, riskiest thing that I've ever done in my life. I just started hitting every single networking event that I possibly could. I was out and about for like those first few months of 2018. I was out and about every day, everywhere. If I wasn't shooting, I was out somewhere meeting with someone to get my face out there. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Carrie Ann Munstead, and she is someone who decided to leave the corporate world in order to really pursue her dream of being a full-time photographer. And I know there are tons of people out there who want to leave their own job that they're not happy at. So this is just such an inspiring story today. Another powerful part of Carrie Ann's journey is that she and her husband decided that he was going to quit his job in order to stay at home and take care of their newborn son. And Carrie Ann is an open book about how she initially brought this possibility up with her husband and how they make it work now. Carrie Ann is a beautiful and kind person with so much to give to others, and it was an honor to interview her. Here she is. Hi, Carrie Ann. I'm so happy to have you here today on the Portrait System Podcast. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Yeah, I was, I'm so looking forward to talking to you. I, I know you have just such a really, like a cool, inspiring story, and I know we're going to end up talking so much just about what it's like to be a new mom and have a business started and being the sole provider. And there's just like so much good stuff that we need to talk about. But before we kind of like get into the nitty gritty about details of your business and all of that, I'm wondering if you will just share leading up to finding photography, what life was like for you and how you just really, you know, discovered that you wanted to be a photographer. Absolutely. So like I've had um, the photography spirit in me for forever. I have pictures of myself when I was a little girl uh, with a little plastic pink camera and I still have that camera to this day actually. So I've actually like been taking pictures of people throughout my entire life. But of course I kind of put that on the side back burner and um, I went a whole different route. I went to business school. I got my MBA. Um, I was actually working in my corporate job at um, at a university as an assistant dean. And um, I was there for 17 years, actually, before I made the pivot over to being a photographer full time. Um, what I noticed, you know, as the years went by was that like, 
I wasn't doing anything that satisfied my soul. Like I, I know that I was, you know, doing good work with the university and the and the students and everything, but it just wasn't fulfilling my soul. So, you know, I started digging deep and I went kind of back to that passion of photography that I had had as a kid and picked up that camera again and kind of started taking some classes here and just, you know, doing a little bit of photography here and there. And just one thing led to another. And then honestly, after I found Sue Bryce, my whole life path changed and I took the life path of being a photographer and left the corporate job. Um, but that's kind of what I was doing before I pivoted over to be a full-time photographer. It's so interesting. So you had said that you obviously kind of left the photography passion behind and went and got your MBA and all this stuff. That seems like such a common story for, for artists and creatives where it's like, well, of course I couldn't do that for a job. So I went to college and I got this degree and I did what I thought I was supposed to do. Like, is that kind of what you were thinking or what, what made you say that, you know, that like, of course I just went to college instead. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I never thought that, um, like, a something in the arts could be a profession. I was raised by, um, a father who was a police officer and a mother who was an administrative assistant. And like, that's, you just, you just went that path. You went the business path, you went the college path. So that's just what I was expected to do. So this other thing was kind of like a fun hobby, but I never expected that it could be a career for me. Um, so yeah, it was like, I did what I was supposed to do, what I, should do um, until I was able to really figure out what I wanted to do for myself. Yeah, I love that. So you said then you started taking photos again just for fun, and then you found Sue Bryce, and then it all changed. What did? What do you mean by that? What happened? So I started off like just taking, you know, families out to parks and and doing that kind of stuff, you know, photographing some friends' kids and stuff like that. And like, I knew that it was like fun. I knew that I really loved photography, but those things just weren't what I knew that I wanted to do. And yet in the meantime, like I was still working at the corporate job. And then I started building my website and my social media because I knew that I had to have these things. Well, as I'm building those, I realize, whoa, I don't have any pictures of myself to put on my website and my social media. And so around that time is when I had heard of Sue Bryce. And so we're talking like four or five years ago. Um, she happened to be doing a session or a workshop in LA, which you were at and where I met you for the first time. I attended that workshop and then got photographed by Sue and by all of you mentors. And it was at that time that I realized wow, this is like the most phenomenal experience that I've had. And I knew that that's the direction that I wanted my business to go. And I wanted all women to have that exact same experience that I had had when I was photographed by Sue and all of you guys. Okay. So obviously that was a powerful experience, right? I mean, it sounds like it if you were like, okay, I need to do this. It was like one everyone. of the most, yeah, it was literally like the most, like one of the most profound experiences of my life. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why? Like, well, okay. Not like why, but like, <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, I want, I just want the listeners to understand. Cause I know I've been through this, a similar experience where it, it just is very yeah. profound. I'm, so like, you know, as women in general, um, we all, we deal so much with our perceived 
flaws. Like, you know, what's wrong with us? And uh, I'm a curvy girl. And so I was, you know, I didn't have any pictures of myself because I was, I was at my highest weight that I had ever been at. And I didn't think that I deserved to be in photos. And yet, like I knew that I needed these photos for my social media and website and stuff. So, you know, going into that photo session that day, like all these voices were coming up in my head and they're telling me, Carrie, you're too fat to be photographed. They were saying, Carrie, they're not going to want to photograph you. They said, Carrie, who do you think you are for wanting to be in photos at all, right? We all have those voices that talk to us, especially when we're going into one of the most vulnerable places and that's in front of a camera. And I experienced those that day at that photo shoot, just like so many others do. But what happened at that photo shoot was that the way that Sue and the way that you and the way that the other mentors made me feel, it was like the complete opposite of that. It's like you guys showed so much love to me, so much compassion, made me feel like the most beautiful woman in that room, like I deserve to be in photos as much as anybody else did. And just that experience itself without even seeing the photos changed how I looked at myself. So started the evolution of the way that I, of changing the way that I look at myself. And then when I got those final pictures back a couple of weeks later, and I saw like the Carrie on the inside looking back at me, not, not the Carrie that I see on the outside, but like the Carrie in my soul, the Carrie that I was and the Carrie who I was becoming, that was it changed the way that I looked at myself forever and it helped me see myself in a new way. So it wasn't like the picture, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, I had this great experience, but like I literally had like a life-changing experience just from that photography session. And that's that's the feeling that I wanted other women to have when they worked with me as well. I mean, the fact that, okay, let's put it this way. I have no doubt that you do that for your clients. I mean, I, I have no doubt that you do that. And the fact that we were able to do that for you and just give you that sort of confidence is, it's just a, an amazing reason to do this, you know, to, to be a photographer, to make people. hundred percent. Absolutely. And we talk about that a lot, how providing that service and, and how you make your clients feel on top of just, it's not just yes. about the photos, like you said, and, and it makes all the difference. It's, it's literally. I, honestly, Nikki, the more that I think about this, I think, I, I mean, of course it's about pictures, right? Because people need good pictures of themselves. But I think it's less about making a pretty picture of someone and more about the way that we can change how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So you go through this whole experience and you decide like, this is where I'm headed. Yep. And, and then what did you do? Uh, so I started practicing towards that. Of course, I'm still in my corporate job at this time. So let's kind of lay the timeline out. So this was about four to five years ago. And I didn't go full time with my business until two years ago. There were about, you know, two and a half, three years in there that I built my business on the side. So weekends, evenings, whatever I could. What, what did I do? I joined Sue Bryce, um, her education, um, where she was at that time. And I started following all of her videos, bringing my friends in 
I had a little tiny studio in my house. Um, so I'd bring my friends in and I'd go through all the different videos. You know, we did like the flow posing videos. I remember very, very well how to make floral crowns, how to make the sashes. Like I went through every single video on her website and practiced all of those with my friends to start start creating, to, to, to practice and really to start creating a folio for myself so that when I was ready to like get out there and start charging, you know, I had a lot of materials and I had like the foundation of it ready for that. I noticed that about you, that you love like the the dresses and the outfits and your studio is very well equipped for your clients in that way. Because, And I know this because when I rented your studio, I was in Phoenix for the Portrait Masters Conference, obviously, and I asked if I could rent your studio while I was there to do a couple photo shoots. And you sent me a link, a Pinterest board of your dresses that you have available and accessories also for your clients to wear for photo shoots. And I thought that was so smart and so brilliant to that you can be like, hey, you know, to your clients, I have these dresses available for you and you have photos of them on mannequins and everything. And it's just, I just thought it was a really smart way to show what you have in your studio. So when you, when you say you were well, like playing you. with all that. of the things, yeah, when you were playing with all of the things and getting ready, I can tell that you're, that you still love that part of your studio and everything. I do. And and the the crazy thing is, is that, you know, as, as much as I do love all that stuff, I don't use those a lot these days because I have pivoted more to the personal branding side of it, which is less of the really glamorous dresses and the accessories and all that kind of stuff. But when I do get the rare opportunity to do a beauty shoot or, you know, mother and daughter shoot, those types of things, I always send them that Pinterest board and tell them that they are welcome to use anything that I have in my studio. And I'm really like proud to be able to to provide that to them. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a really cool service for clients. So I loved it. Okay. So you're practicing, you're still at your corporate job. You said you're trying to photograph as many people as possible and trying to get ready. And at what point did you start charging or what happened next? You know, I probably started building up things for a few months after that. And then I decided I was going to start charging. And I followed, you know, kind of the method that Sue uses. And that was to give out vouchers for people to come in and have the experience for themselves. So they would get the full hair and makeup and we'd do the whole photo shoot for them. And then I would bring them back afterwards and try to sell them pictures. And um, it definitely worked. I mean, my, you know, it started off slowly and just started picking up from there and picking up more and more from there that, you know, you just get to a point where um, you don't need to give out vouchers anymore. And then people start just booking you and clients start rolling in. And so here I am with like a full upcoming business and still working my corporate job. And then it was just time to finally make that change or to, you know, to talk to my husband about making that change anyway. Yeah. Okay. So how are you getting the clients though? Like you said, clients are rolling in and I'm asking because I'm sure people out there are like, but what was she doing? Like, what were you doing for marketing and that sort of thing? Absolutely. I was just networking in all of my free time. I, where I started networking was at my local chamber. Um, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. And so we have some lots of chambers of all the surrounding cities. So I started with, with one of our local chambers and um, so started doing vouchers for a lot of the women in there. And I had also joined another group similar to a BNI, but it wasn't BNI. So between those two is really where things started rolling in, um, especially at the beginning with vouchers. And then it just starts becoming word of mouth after that also. Yeah, that's that was very similar to how I did it too, the networking and then it yeah. just became word of mouth. Yeah, but it just kind of rolls, it just kind of rolls from there. Yeah, but did you just go to like a couple meetings and then that was it or 
of networking? No, I went to a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I, I was kind of being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know lots of people think um, that they're introverts and it's, you know, hard to get out there. And I do agree with that, but I don't think it's about being an introvert because I think that all that means is that um, we need our downtime as much as we are able to put ourselves out there also. I'm a very shy person. And so going to networking was not a very, was not a thing that I did. I, I never did it in my job ever in my life. So it wasn't, just wasn't something that I did, but I knew that I had to do it. So I started going and then you can't go or one or two times because it's all about relationship building and you can't build a relationship in like one or two meetings. So you just keep going back over and over until people, you know, start to see your face, start to know you, start to like you, start to trust you. And then that's when they want to start doing business with you. But it takes time. This is like a long game. This is not a short game. That's for sure. Right. Okay. I just wanted to make that clear because I think I think it's it can be frustrating for people sometimes when they do start to go to these networking events and they're like, why isn't anyone booking me? But it is. It's a relationship building process. So if you're out there and you've been right. to a couple, it, it takes time. Yeah. If you've been to a couple meetings and nothing's happening, like keep going with it, and it definitely is something that can truly help get those referrals coming in. And you're a, a great example of that. Okay. So the referrals are coming in, and you decided you're going to have a conversation with David, your husband, and then what? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> that was like the one of the hardest things. I actually I actually wrote out a letter. <laughs> I I might even still have it, but I wrote out a letter of like, okay, David. So this was like in September of 2017, and so I went full-time with my business in January of 2018. So I wrote out a letter to him saying, okay, these are all the reasons why I want to do this, why I know it's going to work for our family. Here's the the money that I'm going to be bringing in, you know, all these things. And, you know, he'll be the first to tell you that <laughs> it wasn't like the best conversation ever. <laughs> it's, it's scary, David. Um, so just, just so everybody knows also, um, David at the time, so he's a, so he was in school for welding. He's a, he's a welder and was doing that part-time. But so I was the primary income earner of our family at that time. So having the the comfy corporate job that made over six figures a year, you know, all the great benefits. And I, so now I'm coming to him saying, I'm going to give that up and take do like the biggest riskiest thing that I've ever done in my life. And David's not like a really big risk taker either. So for him, that was like one of the scariest things that I have ever said to him and said that I wanted to do. And we had you know, just lots of conversations about it, lots of heart to heart. But what it came down to is he believed in me. He trusted me. He believed in me. He saw my work. He saw, you know, he saw what was happening. And so, you know, we, we made the decision to do it. So it was scary and it was kind of a hard conversation, but it was, um, it was what we decided to do. So like I said, um, we had that conversation starting in Jan or September, 2017. And on January 3rd, 2018, I said goodbye to my corporate job. And I stepped into my photography job. Wow. I love that you took the risk. I love that you went for it. I think a lot of people, I mean, for understandably so, but people just kind of get stagnant and they're afraid to take that leap because there is the comfort of the full-time benefits and the steady paycheck and the whole night. I mean, I know I was there. I was a school social worker and I for sure didn't make a whole lot of money at all. And I remember having a similar conversation with Dan. And, and I think what it comes down to is, man, like, if we're not happy for you making six figures, it doesn't matter how much you're making. If you're not happy and what's the point? 
That's so, it's so right. It's so right. Yeah, exactly. If like, if we're not doing something that um, fulfills our soul, like, and gives back to society and uses talents that we're supposed to give back to the world, like, what's the point? It's just wasting away. Mm-hmm. And I, but I love too, though, that you, you were prepared. It's not like you were just, I'm going to do this. And you didn't have the foundation of your <laughs> business started. You didn't have the referrals. You had, you had it set up. And I think that that's key. I think it's really important to make sure you're not just setting yourself up to fail. You know, it, it could be a case where people just quit their job, but they aren't fully ready for it. So I love that you were prepared and had that fundamental part of your business set up and ready. So that's great. Right. Yeah. It was, it was a risky decision, but I mean, I had de- definitely done a lot of the work along the way to get up to that point. However, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I go into things very naive <laughs> a lot of the time. Same, and same. so it's like, so it's like, okay, well I'm starting my business. So people are just going to go on and come and be photographed by me. You know, it just kind of thought it's just going to start happening. And, and that did not exactly go that way. <laughs> it didn't go that way actually at all. <laughs> It's still, it's taken, you know, I'm two, I'm two and a half, you know, going on two and a half years into it right now. And um, it's been one of the most um, trying and one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. And it takes a lot of work, but we're definitely starting to get things rolling now. It didn't just like start off like where I thought it was going to start off. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard for sure. I I remember being at that point too, like, okay, what can I do? Because like you said, the clients aren't necessarily knocking on my door as much as I thought they were. So what can I do next? And how do I make this happen? Like, how do I get clients to come in the door? So what were some of the steps that you took when you were feeling kind of like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So it just all happened to be networking for me. I just started hitting every single networking event that I possibly could. Um, living in Phoenix, it's a really big area. And so we have plenty of networking opportunities. I knew that my niche was going to be photographing, was going to be photographing women. So I just started hitting all of like the women's networking groups that I could go to. I would show up at everything and so much that people would start saying, wow, I just saw you over here and now you're here. And like, I was just got my face out there. I was, I was out and about for like those first few months of 2018. I was out and about every day, everywhere. If I wasn't shooting, I was out somewhere meeting with someone to get my face out there. Yeah, that's great. And that's what it it takes work. That's what you have to do. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like pretty early on you decided that you wanted to do personal branding and obviously doing the women's networking route is so great for that. So whatever genre you're in, it's whatever marketing avenue you choose, it's really like going for it and, and doing a lot of it and doing multiple things within that as well. You know, there's the social media part of it and the networking part of it and having your printables ready to hand out and talking with people, you know, whatever genre you're in, it's not just like you do one or two things and you wait. It's just a constant thing that you have to keep doing until your referral stream gets, you know, more and more and better and better. Exactly. I mean, there's just, you, you just have to keep, like you said, doing, you know, coming at things from multiple ways, like you said, with the printables and with the website and social media, the in-person stuff, you just have to keep putting yourself out there and out there and out there until the clients start coming in and then the referrals start um, falling in after that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, you tell David you're going to go full time. He's supporting you, supporting you at least with the the dream or whatever. And then I know you kind of had a a change happen. What happened next? 
Yeah, big change. So, so like I said, I went full time with my uh, with my business in January of 2018, and then in March of 2000, or sorry, May of 2018, like I started not feeling well, and uh, come to find out, I was pregnant. <laughs> And it was just such a crazy thing. I had literally been trying to get pregnant between two husbands for about 15 years. <laughs> wow, 15 years. Carrie Ann, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that when I left my corporate job and went out on my own, I, I, I left the stress from that 17-year corporate job and it just shifted my body enough that I was finally able to get pregnant. So it was like the biggest blessing and the most scariest thing ever that happened at the same time because in 2018, not only did I start you know, birth my business the first year, but I also gave birth to a baby that year. So it was uh, 2018. It was quite quite a year for me. Yeah, absolutely. I have the chills <laughs> just thinking about everything you just said. What an incredible, yeah, what an yeah. incredible thing. I know so, so many people who will listen to this can relate because I know that there's so many new moms even in the Sue Bryce group and stuff like that and, and young mothers and stuff like that who have had their babies as they've been building their businesses. You too, Nikki. Mm-hmm. Like it's, oh, yeah. you know, it two of them. On, it's, you know, being... <laughs> being out there and networking while you're having morning sickness and all the stuff that comes along with it. it. It was, you know, that first year was a lot and I definitely like wouldn't recommend doing it that way. But, you know, we take what we can get and, you know, it was two huge blessings. And um, so I just went, went forward with it as, as was. And 2018 was a, it was a wonderful year for me. I love that. I love that you said that, you know, it may not, it might not have been the most ideal time, but you make it work. And find a way. Okay, so you're you have a newborn and this full-time business. Did you have childcare or what happened with your son at that point? Yeah, so that's a great question. So that is something that David and I had also discussed. And what we decided was that um, David was actually going to be the one to stay home and be the primary caregiver. And I was going to continue to be, you know, the the person behind my business. So so that's what we do. So um, Cohen is now 15 months. So for the past 15 months, David has stayed home and been the primary caregiver. That's what's going on out in the, out in the house while we're talking on this podcast right now. And I am obviously the photographer and I'm the one out there in the community and doing all the networking and and doing all the stuff. So that's how we're making it work. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you know that we have a similar story. My husband went down to part-time after we had Van. I mean, I thought I was going to be able to like work from home with him there and edit photos with my baby there. And like that was... A actual like complete doesn't really work like that disaster. Yeah. No, such a disaster. Like I was just stressed out and just trying, like trying to be mom and work at the same time was really, really hard for me. Yeah, and we had to look at the cost of daycare versus what my husband was making, where he wasn't bringing in a whole. I mean, he's an electrician, a residential electrician, but he's not a union or anything like that. Like he wasn't bringing in the big bucks, and we were like, okay full-time daycare or, you know, we kind of have the luxury where I was making enough at that point that maybe he could go down to part-time. And so we did the budget and waited out and we're like, all right, let's do this. So he stayed home part-time with the boys and it was really cool to be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, to have that I option completely agree. amazing. 
Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, and we kind of had something similar. David, so I, I mentioned earlier that he's a welder, but he wasn't working welding full time and he was doing it. Um, he was doing it from home part time. And so we were we were doing the same thing. We were looking at the the cost of, of daycare. And we also were like, well, we'd really like for our son to be raised with a family member also. So we just, um, you know, it's, it's again, it's scary because now we're again going down to, you know, just one income. And now we have another mouth to feed, <laughs> but we again looked at the numbers and it's like, I, I have a lot more ability to make a lot more money in my business. So let's try this and let's see where we can go with it. And here we are, you know, a year and a half later and it's still working for us. It's so great. I love hearing that. And, you know, I feel like with our society, it, it's definitely not the norm for dad to stay home. How did, was David okay with all of it? Or does he, I don't know, some, I feel like some people, I wish it wasn't this way, but some people have this sort of idea that it's supposed to be the man that's the caretaker and the sole provider. And, you know, how has that been for you guys? Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, I mean, that's a lot of where society thinks. Um, For David, I don't think it it affects him as much. He, um, he was raised by a single mom. I don't know. He just, it just wasn't like, like a big thing for him to help. He didn't have like lots of guys like on him because he's like the man at home or something like that. Like he was, he was totally cool with it. He, he loves having the opportunity to stay home and take care of our son. And the other thing that we did for David, because like, he still wants to be challenged, right? He doesn't just want to be like, you know, we all as, as humans and as adults, you know, there's only so long that we can you know, be with our kids and we need some like adult time too. Right. So he's taken on my editing for me. So he does my retouching for me. Um, and he does that, you know, here and there and a lot at nighttime also so that he can still like have that like creative side in his brain. So he still gets some fulfillment from it also. And he does like my bookkeeping for me. So he does some, he does some things in my business so he can still feel like he's being like a productive, like team member as part of the business, but then he's also still there for our son all day. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds for him because he can kind of do both. Oh, wow. I love that. He just kind of filled in and is using his strengths and that's so cool. You're, you're like, wow, can Dan, can Dan start doing that for me now? No, just I know. Kidding. I was going to say, my husband is not one to sit in front of the computer. He's like, a, he's a BMX biker. He's a snowboarder. He loves to be outside. And it's funny because when I had originally said, I have a feeling one day you're going to be able to, you know, not work as much. And I remember he kind of looked at me like, are you crazy? Like that will never happen. I mean, he grew up in a family where you work really hard and you play really hard and that's just what you do. And when it finally came time for him to go part-time, I remember he was really nervous about it. He was like, well, you know, I'll go back to full-time as soon as like, you know, just this will just be temporary. I think he really had a hard time letting that part go. But after he did, and it, you know, a couple months went by, I remember he looked at me and Dan is not a crier. He's a very like super calm, even keeled guy. And he's not much of a crier, you know? And he looked at me one day and just welled up with tears and was like, I just am so grateful for this. I would never have the time that I have with my boy if it wasn't for you like allowing this to happen. And he was just so grateful. If he was had been working his, you know, 50 hours a week, he never would have had the time that he does with our kids. And and we both, we balance it now. We both, I mean, we tag team our childcare and, you know, we're, we're just crazy. We need a better schedule. But the point is, is that the time that he's had with our kids is just so it's such a blessing. There's no way around it. It's just such a blessing. I so agree with you. I think our husbands are very similar in that way too, Nikki. Like David does the same thing with me sometimes. Like he really with tears in his eyes says, thank you so much for being able to 
give us this life so I can stay home and take care of our son. So I have a stepdaughter also. She's um, she's almost 15. And so he sees like he wishes that he would have had that time with her to develop that relationship more with her. And so he's so grateful for this time that he now gets with our son. And let's face it, we're older, you know, I'm 43, David's 48. Like we're going to get less time with this with Cohen than we, than he would with Kira, you know? So the, the fact that he can get more and more time with him right now and as much time with him as he can, he's just so, so grateful for, for this life that we've created so that he can have that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, it just makes my heart so happy that you guys have that. And, you know, and it's not, I'm sure you can relate that it's not all like amazing, you know, sunshine, rainbow unicorns all the time of course we have our moments you know we definitely have our moments but overall it's it's just it's just a gift that you you just have to cherish I mean you know the days are hard because a lot of time I do work at home I'm editing in the bedroom and I can hear the kids out there and I feel guilty so I come out and hang out with them for a little bit or like someone's crying and I'm like Dan when are you gonna like tend to him but he's (laughs) he's doing a behavior type thing that I'm interrupting you know we have our moments where it's like ah but I just, I would never change it. I would never change it. If I was still a school social worker, I honestly don't, I, I would hardly ever see my kids. In the summer, I would, but. Exactly. Exactly. Just, and that's not to say that that's a good or bad thing. Like there's so many people out there working full time and I'm not saying it's bad that way, but just for me personally and my personality, it just works out better this this way. You guys made a, a decision of what could work for your family, and you guys did that. And, you know, that's what works for you guys. This is what works for us. We're not saying that anything is better or worse. It's just that this is what works for us. And we're super grateful for this life that we have, you know, in this particular manner. Right. Totally. Totally. Ugh, I could talk about this all day, but I, right? I know people <laughs> want to hear, hear more too about like the logistics of your business. So, sure. Okay, so sure. you're. You're working full time. David's at home with Cohen. He's doing your retouching and your bookkeeping, which is so amazing. So what types of shoots? I know you said the personal branding, but like how many shoots are you doing and what is your pricing like? Do you have packages or are you a la carte? What does all that look like for you? Sure. Yep. I have packages of um, eight images starting at uh, $1,690. And that's on top of the $390 that they've already paid um, to. So I have all of my clients work with the wardrobe stylist to start out with. They have like a virtual session with the wardrobe stylist to pick out their five outfits for their session. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the day of their session, they obviously come in and they get full hair and makeup. And then we spend a couple of hours photographing them in their five outfits and five different backdrops and, you know, all, all the stuff. So it's $390 plus $1690 is where my personal branding introductory package starts at. And it just goes up from there depending on the number of images that they love and that they want to take home and use in their brand. Okay. So you said you have a, a personal stylist. How did you find this person? Do you pay him or her? Like what is what is that all? Sure. About? Yeah. Yep. So um Gosh, I would say I, I'm on my second um, stylist that I worked with, and I think I've met both of them through networking. So yeah, so what they do is as soon as I get the session set with someone, I get them in touch with the stylist, and they set up like a virtual Zoom or Skype call where the stylist can virtually go into their closet with them and help them pick out their five different outfits from you know accessories, shoes, clothing, all the stuff, so that the client doesn't even really have to like worry about that. And I pay them from the the initial sitting fee that the client pays me. I, I take part of that and pay them. It's $75 for each, um, each time she does a styling session. 
Oh, wow. That's really good. Like $75 to help clients figure out what they're going to wear is so great. Not only is it beneficial to them because, I mean, let's face it, that's one of the most stressful parts about getting a photo shoot done is what the hell am I going to wear? I mean, that is like so many clients struggle with that. I know I struggle with that in my own <laughs> in my own photo shoots. It, it Hair and makeup and what am I going to wear? And then it's also beneficial for you because you know they're going to come in styled in a really great way. Where we never, sometimes we just have Absolutely. no idea what clothes our clients are going to show up with. So this is like a win-win for sure. Totally. It totally helps me because what it, what it allows me to do is what I noticed is like clients were asking me and like, I don't, I can dress myself, but I don't feel like I have that like styling gene for me to be able to help other clients. So it really Same. helped them to create, yeah, it create helped them to create more, I think, dynamic outfits that even work out better to, um, to tell the story of their brands. But also what it allows me to do is I make sure that that styling session is done at least like three or four days before our session before our photography session. And then they take pictures and send me pictures of their clothes so that I then design kind of like the backdrops and the sets around their outfits. So it just really helps me plan better so that when I come into our photo session, I already have the entire, like I know what they're going to wear. I have our entire session mapped out. And yeah, I might have to make some changes here and there, but it really helps me be able to visualize it and plan it all out um, beforehand. So it's it's a real, it's like a lifesaver on like both ends for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is so great. I love this for so many reasons. Not only are you extra prepared, but we often talk about how can we add more service? How can we be the photographer that people want? You know, often people will post like in the SBE Facebook group, oh, there's a million photographers in my area. And it's like, I know, I know there are a million photographers in everyone's area. And we just can't think about that competition. What we can think about is how can I be the best want that people want to book? And here you are adding this service that I doubt most photographers do in the area. So you are making yourself the person that everyone wants to shoot with and and also it it helps kind of justify not that you really need to justify but it helps to justify your prices cuz it sounds like if i'm adding it up correctly they're coming in minimum they're spending 2 grand Oh, minimum, they're spending two grand with me. And yes, it just it just adds value to my services and to me, and it adds value in their mind that they're willing to spend more money with me because they're getting like the entire package. Absolutely. Exactly. I love that. Adding service, making it an even better experience. And they're learning too about what they should and shouldn't wear out of their own closet. Like who doesn't want that? Totally. And like, you know, it's like <clears throat> we as women, we don't do like fun things for ourselves. So getting to work with a wardrobe stylist is like a fun thing like that we don't do very often. Sometimes sometimes they even hire her to go shopping with them or to go shopping for them. So that's like a fun thing. Coming in and do, getting your hair and makeup done, like that's a really fun thing. So not, you know, not only does it add to the overall experience, but it just like gives them even better like feelings, like good feelings going into it all because they're getting to do some fun things as part of this overall experience. And then I'm curious if the stylist is sending you clients because now you're giving her a lot of work and I'm assuming she's talking you up just as much. 
in return. Well, I wish it worked out like that. It yeah. hasn't yet, um, but but hopefully, hopefully it will be one of these days. Yeah, but but I definitely am sending her work, and and what, you know, if if it comes back to me, that's awesome. I'm not super worried about that right now. You know, if I mean, if it if it definitely comes back, it, I would love that. But um, but for right now, at least I know that I'm providing my clients with you know another valuable aspect of the service. Right, right. Well, hopefully at some point that'll come around because. I mean, who knows? Maybe she could create a package that includes a photo shoot with her top styling package or something. Absolutely. Yeah. There are so many like collaborations that you can get into also with, you know, with your makeup people, your hair people, your stylist. There's just de- all these different collaborations that you can definitely, you know, start to create and create bigger packages too. Right. And speaking of hair and makeup, you do hair and makeup at your studio as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't do it, but yeah, I have somebody come in and do hair and makeup for all my clients as well, for sure. Do you work with the same stylist every time or do you have a couple people who you rotate or? So, you know, it's, it's been both. I started off with one stylist and then she kind of moved on. So then I started working with a few stylists and what I've kind of come back to starting this year is working with one stylist primarily again, only because it just, A, it's just easier for me to schedule when I only have to go to one person. Um, and B, like, it, I also know that there is like complete consistency among every single client. Um, so it just, I'm just kind of, um, trying things a little bit different this year to see if I like working just with the one-on-one again. Um, and so far I'm liking that, but it's all, it's always a good idea to have a few different people kind of, you know, working with you just in case somebody isn't available so that you you don't have to, you know, schedule your photo shoots around their availability. You have somebody who can step in, you know, when needed. Yeah. I actually have three makeup artists who I work with as well. And I kind of rotate through because, you know, not everyone's going to be available all the time unless you work for them full time. And I prefer to have my own schedule. I don't want to be limited to someone else's schedule. So it's just so great to build that relationship. Yeah. With a couple people. So that's great. Very cool. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've got your studio in Phoenix. You're working up to your eight shoots a month. Where do you see yourself going from here? So I see myself on some stages. I want to really start developing the speaking side of my business. I when I went to Portrait Masters, uh, not not last year, but the year before that, and Platon was there, and he talked about like not just making a pretty picture, but like what is your stand? What do you stand for in your business? And my stand was all about being real and showing up as our real self and our authentic self. And so I've developed some talks around that. And so I um, see myself on going to conferences and speaking to, to large groups and, you know, talking about being real and talking about, about being authentic and how we can be more of that in our daily lives. And then hoping, not hoping, but I know that that's going to start leading to also then funneling clients into the portrait studio. So I think it will serve to to both give and to receive clients back into the to the studio as well. So that's where I see myself definitely, you know, growing into that this year. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I'm happy for you that you found something else that you're really passionate about and and like you said, one passion can can really help fuel your business as well and that's really great. Oh, I'm excited for you. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, at the end of each episode, I always end up asking the same questions to each guest. And I'm wondering if I could ask those to you as well. So the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're shooting? Um, Let's see here. I would say that, I mean, really 
I'm like super low key when I'm shooting. So the the two things that I can't live without, well, it's my Sigma Art lenses. I have a Sigma Art 35 and a Sigma Art 50, and they are like my go-to lenses for everything that I do. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the 35 and use it for everything. Um, But that's definitely every single shoot that I'm on, I'm using one of those two lenses. So that's what I would say that I can't live without. Okay, great. And then how do you spend your time when you aren't photographing? Sure. So... Um, when I'm not actually in the studio photographing and I'm typically in there one to two days a week, the rest of the time is spent either, um, out in the community, networking, you know, all that face-to-face stuff. I'm on boards. I am on, um, committees for nonprofits. I'm just, I'm constantly out and about, you know, as in face-to-face doing as much as I possibly can. And then when, of course, when I'm not there, I'm at home with my family. Like I said, I have a, um, I'm my husband and I have a 15-month-old son and a 14-year-old daughter. So, you know, trying to be there and um, have as much family time as possible. So it's either, you know, out in the community or home in my jammies with my family. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're busy. There's a lot. We have a lot going on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit busy. <laughs> okay, number three, what's your favorite inspirational quote? Uh, sh- yes. So I guess it's not necessarily as much of a quote, but it's um, lyrics to Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Love that song. It always makes me cry. You know, he says, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. And this is my favorite part right here. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change right? Like the change starts with us changing Uh, ourselves. Um, and, and that's what kind of my platform is when I'm out speaking too, is like, you know, it's about changing the way that we talk to ourselves, changing the way that we look at ourselves, because when we can start speaking kinder to ourselves, we can start speaking kinder to our children, to our spouses, to our communities. And that's when we really make a change in this world. Oh, Carrie Ann. Preach, girl. That's awesome. I <laughs> Woo, love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. That's my favorite Michael Jackson song. So good. It's mine too. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would you say to people who are just getting started with their business? So I guess my advice would be, you know, of course we go into photography because we love – um, photographing people. We love the art side of it. Like we love the technical side of it. But I think what's also as critically important is the business side of it. And I know that I went into my business really focused on the technical photography side of it, not really knowing the business side of it. And I got hit with a real wake up call because I had to learn all that. So I would say just go into it, looking at it from both sides. And one of the great things also about Sue and her education platform is that she provides training on both sides, right? So she, of course, provides a ton of training on the on the photography, on the art side of it. But she also provides a lot of wonderful information on the business side of it as well. So go into it with open eyes on both. Learn the business side, even if it's not what you want to do. If it's not what you love, you got to do it anyway or you've got to find somebody who can do that for you because learning that side is 
honestly more important in my view than learning the technical side. We we spend about, you know, maybe 30% of our, our time on the photography side of it and like 70% of the time on the business side of it. So definitely go into it with eyes open and learn both sides. Right. That's such good advice. It's so smart. And it's all, it's so true. The business part of it is so, so, so important. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's not sexy. That's for sure. But, it, but it's like critically important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my dear, where can people find you if they want to see your beautiful work and just learn more about you? Absolutely. Um, so everything's under Carrie Ann Munstead. My website, I hope that you guys are going to put a link somewhere because good luck spelling that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether it be website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, it's just all under Carrie Ann Munstead. And Go ahead and um, I'm spell located it. in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, I'll just spell it. So it's K A R I A N N E. M-U-N-S-T-E-D-T, com, and then Carrie Ann Munstead on Facebook and on Instagram. There it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I always love seeing you and at the Portrait Masters and talking with you. And I love that we share a similar, you know, similar experience with our, with our amazing husbands and having babes while we're building our business yeah, and all of that. So yeah, yeah thank you for we sharing have had kind with of everyone. Experiences. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for, for having me on, Nikki. I really appreciate it. This has been great. And I always love getting to talk to you too. Oh, thanks, honey. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35 and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.